Hi, Facebook friends. I am coming to you live again with another broadcast from my intermittent fasting group. And I'm actually going to be recording simultaneously again on my personal page as well as on my um, in my Facebook group for my intermittent fasting. And um, I hope I stay connected, A. B, I'm sorry about the um, junk in the background here and the kind of the off-centered. Um, Anyway, I'm still trying to work it out. I have my video, my um, laptop really centered and it works well um, for the recording that goes on YouTube and so forth. But then whenever I bring my phone in and try to add that to it um, for my personal group, then I don't have such a great clean picture up there. So sorry about that um, for those who are joining up there. And uh, the main reason why I wanted to broadcast, this is broadcast number 38, and I usually do these uh, just in Donna's intermittent fasting group and I did one here with my personal page and Donna's intermittent fasting group a couple of weeks ago about what I've learned during my year of intermittent fasting and the reason that I am doing it again on my personal page is because today's topic um, is about building belief and adherence and it is such um, a topic that is just so pertinent to anybody and so you definitely do not have to be an intermittent faster to get a lot out of this material I believe I know it has helped me immensely through the years as I have learned it from so many places and kind of brought it together um, to to really help me in my parenting in my entrepreneurship in my relationships in my uh, business uh, and teaching, book writing, whatever. It just really um, applies to everything. So I thought I would hop on here on my personal page and do this at the same time as I am recording uh, here for my intermittent fasting group. So I'm going to go live there mm -hmm. and get started. So here we go. Hi, welcome to broadcast number 38, Building Belief and Adherence. And uh, this broadcast tonight um, is about building belief and adherence in intermittent fasting, in uh, any weight management protocol, but also in anything in life that you want to improve in. It's just that uh, phenomenal. It has helped me so much throughout the years uh, since I first started learning this material and then I just keep adding to it and adding to it. And I'm also going to then apply it to exercise and then uh, at the end share two coaching opportunities for 2019. So um, broadcast number 38. Yes, there are 37 previous ones. So if you do want to learn more about intermittent fasting, about the literally dozens of topics that I've spoken about and taught about in the last year of my intermittent fasting group, you can hop on over to Donna's intermittent fasting group if you're watching this someplace else and join that group and learn there. You can also uh, go to my blog, DonnaReach.com, and there are links there in the description that take you to the different places, like where I have my freebies and where I have my uh, um, webinar, where I have my coaching group, where I have my classes, my webinars, and my um, month-long course. So you can find all of that there in the notes. But without further ado, I want to really talk about this concept of building belief and adherence. Um, I used to really talk a lot about building belief because I I believe that building belief is the foundation to everything else that you're going to do. 
the bottom line is that we will not do what we do not believe in. And we can believe in something for a while and go along with it for a while. Maybe use sheer willpower, you know, override all of those um, things that keep us from, from being able to achieve willpower, which are so, which is, you know, that's such a strong, strong influence. And we can override all of those um, things that in our, in our brain, um, uh, that we need to override for a period of time to achieve willpower. But it's only when it is coupled with belief that we will really take action. And so I've spoken a lot about belief uh, in the last few years, especially uh, upon learning everything that I've been learning through healthy supplementation and um, uh, also just through teaching children. You know, there's just, there's just a really strong uh, factor there that you have to have a certain belief in your methodology. You have to have a certain belief in, um, in your ability and so forth when you teach children. It's just, it's just a, a fact, right? It's just a part of, uh, of living and teaching and believing. But then also now I have really added a lot more to this teaching in the areas of, of adherence. Now I'm not going to go back over our entire first year of intermittent fasting. I have done that on episodes number 36 and 37. And you can see the notes there that I have our story to date. So I'm going to move right on into three steps to building belief and adherence. As I said, there's an aspect to belief and and that without that belief, we will not take action. But there's also an aspect to adherence, which I think um, a lot of times we can go someplace to a conference, to a seminar. I know this has been my experience as we began um, 37, 38 years ago when we first got married, going to conferences, going to seminars, you know, building our belief in marriage and family and so forth. And, and it's one thing to go someplace and to achieve that um, excitement and that level of belief, but it's another thing to adhere to it. So I want to really merge those today. All right, so the first step there, and there are three, and they seem easy, but I want to give you tips and hints for all three. The first one is to believe that the protocol works. Specifically for weight management, um, you have got to believe that this is going to be worth your effort. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, we would have this one in the past. Like I would have belief in a certain weight management protocol because maybe I saw others succeeding in it. And so I believe that it would work, right? So we have to believe that it will work, believe that it is a trustworthy method, that it is a protocol that truly does bring results. But there's so much more to it than that, as we well know. Now applying this to parenting, and you know me, 36 uh, years of parenting, this weekend. Yeah, that's really a lot of parenting. And uh, we had children at home quite literally for um, uh, over three decades. So 30, 34 years of parenting children at home. And uh, then three decades of homeschooling, over three decades of homeschooling. And so everything applies to parenting, right? Because after all, you know, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten, right? Everything I need to know I learned in parenting in my home with my children. And uh, I can remember that when we were young parents, only 19 and 23 years of age, we had one little son, I can remember just really soaking in every parenting teaching that I could get, that we could get our hands on. I mean, we were just like, we were sponges. We wanted all of it. 
and we came across different uh, ways of teaching that had to do with parenting, you know, by teaching the Bible, that parenting by teaching character, parenting by um, by giving a balance of, you know, a lot, 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 lot of love while still having, you know, guidelines and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, discipline in place. And we learned these parenting protocols, but we found people who were doing those and we believed. We believed because we saw somebody else having success with it. And that was where it began for us. It truly began with watching other people seeing how it worked for them, and then we're like, oh, I believe in this because of what I've seen. And it's the same way nowadays, of course, with anything, that we believe in uh, weight loss you know, protocols, we believe in weight management, we believe in supplementation, or we believe in a certain parenting model, or we believe in marriage, we believe in Christianity, faith. We believe what we believe because we believe that the protocol works, right? And that is the first step because no matter how strong your belief is in yourself, which is step two, no matter how strong your habits that you might develop are, if you do not believe in the protocol that it truly brings results, then the other two steps are null and void. So we watch others on Facebook groups, via books, via social media, And, you know, of course, like I mentioned, it's even better if we know somebody personally, because then we're like, if it worked for them, it can probably work for me. And we're even having more belief built into us through watching others succeed. So um, at this point, you are still having a rock solid belief in the actual process. So not you personally necessarily, just the protocol, just the approach. Right. And so with this, you know, we see people all the time succeeding with weight management. And that's what is a funny thing about weight management, because people who follow certain protocols of weight management and they have success in that. And I'm as guilty as somebody else. They have success in that. And then they have a tendency to believe that this is the only way when in reality, we know that people lose weight with a myriad of methods, right? People lose weight on liquid diets. They never eat food for weeks or months on end. People lose weight on ketogenic diets. People lose weight on vegan, vegetarian, paleo, Whole30, keto, um, intermittent fasting, uh, counting your macros, calorie counting, calorie cycling, um, shakes, <laughs> um, stomach stapling, jaw t- jaw shutting, you know, I, Let's face it, they can lose weight through many, many methods. So when we first take this first step, we believe, hmm, I think this method works. The next step is to believe that you can adhere to it. You know what they always say, what is so true, the best diet in the world has just been revealed. Hot off the press, research proves the number one way to lose weight, the number one way to achieve your weight management goals has now been discovered. It is the one you will adhere to. Isn't that profound? Right? But let's face it, that is the truth. So first of all, we have to believe that it works. We've seen it in action. We believe in the process. 
and then we have to believe that we can adhere to it. And this is where we really, really get tripped up because we think that because so-and-so lost weight doing this or so-and-so achieved these parenting goals or so-and-so has this kind of kid or this kind of reader or this many kids graduate from college or this many kids with, uh, you know, benevolence or whatever it might be that we're after this business uh, protocol this this outcome this final outcome that we desire that we see um, we can sometimes mistake the belief that it works into belief that we can also follow it and I know this is this was my problem for a long time I saw things that worked right social media is really really good at that so I saw things that worked and then I said well, I can do that. When in reality, in the back of my mind, I knew I couldn't do that forever. And that's the litmus test for weight management. I knew that I could not do this forever. Uh, back in my attempts at keto or my attempts at never having any sugar or whatever it might have been, that I knew that I truly would not be able to sustain that. I could not adhere to it. So adherence truly is everything. Once you find something that you believe is a good protocol, once you find something that you believe works. And with intermittent fasting, we see it all the time in social media groups, how many people are losing weight and so forth. And it is primarily not just because it's the only protocol that works, but it is because of step two. The adherence is so much greater in intermittent fasting than it is in other uh, more restrictive weight protocol, uh, protocols, weight loss protocols, or that is more um, uh, long-term, more has more sustainability as well. So you will only move into adherence as you believe in the protocol. So first, believing in the protocol. Adherence, if you don't believe in the protocol, adherence will start out and then wane at best without having the belief in this method. All right. You have to be able to see yourself doing that particular protocol. And you have to be able to see yourself doing it for a long time, right? You have to be able to envision yourself as being this new way of living. Um, because when you achieve your weight loss goals and you are at goal, at that point, you either have to keep doing exactly what you did to get there, which is why those of us who've lost 100 pounds before, um, like for real lost 100 pounds and got all the way down to a size six, right? But as soon as we got there, we did not stay with it because we were waiting to get to that goal and then go off of it. We being, you know, some other people that I've heard of before. So anyway, so we have to be able to adhere to it. And at that point of our weight loss achievement, our weight management goal, we have to either be able to stay there and do exactly what we are doing right then for the rest of our lives or something at, uh, similar to that, right? I mean, it's, it's gotta be something that's now at this new level of caloric intake, this new level of activity. All the pieces have to be in place and they have to stay in place. Otherwise, we're just going to gain back those 100 pounds plus 30 more. I've heard of people who've done that before. So anyway, this is what happened with us in parenting. We saw people following these protocols. We saw people parenting, homeschooling, doing these certain things, and we believed in it. 
because believe it or not, this is going to come as a shock to most of you, but 35, 30 to 35 years ago, there were people in the Stone Age who had teenage children who were homeschooling them. And so we saw these people who had these teenage children and we believed in their protocol and we could see ourselves carrying that out for a long period of time. Now, applying this to another thing, you, most of you know that my undergraduate work is in elementary education and my master's work is in reading education. I am big, big, big on teaching and on writing books <laughs> about how to teach. And um, with my love for reading and my love for teaching reading and language arts in general, but I, many, many, many years ago, when our oldest was learning to read, when he was eight, he was actually a late reader, believe it or not, yeah, he tested out his entire college degree, but yet he was a late reader. So don't let anything with early readiness detract you in any way. Um, so a little rabbit trail there. Um, but when he was learning to read, I had learned through my master's work in reading specialist that children should read aloud, you know, multiple times, preferably twice a day and with somebody cueing them. Okay, and I learned that in my master's work and then I came home and I had my own children and I believed that. I believed in that protocol. I believed that it would result in readers, that it would result in lifelong learners and so forth. Then I believed that I had the ability to carry it out. It wasn't always easy, um, but I did it for three decades. I believed that that would work and I believed it so much that I would adhere to it. So step one is believing in the protocol. Step two is believing that you have the ability, the capability to carry that protocol out. And then step three is um, a course, one of the most challenging ones, and that is uh, being uh, putting the habits in place to become that kind of person. Now, those of you who've been listening to me for a while know that I'm a huge James Clear fan. Um, his new book just came out in October, Atomic Habits. You can also listen to him and his name and everything is right there in the book titles, right there in my outline, um, which is kind of messy on Facebook, but um, you can also see a good outline at DonnaReach.com. Um, but I'm a huge fan of his and his book, Atomic Habits. And... Uh, one of the reasons why I'm such a huge fan, you know how we always love people who agree with us? Well, he put the research behind everything that I've ever taught moms. And it's like, oh, you know, I didn't have research for it. I just had gut feelings. You know, what I learned at a seminar, what I learned at this conference, what I learned at this homeschool convention, and, you know, what my husband and I have tried through the years. But I didn't have research behind it, right? I just believed it because I saw others doing it. And I believed I could adhere to it, right? And But James Clear, actually, unrelated to homeschooling, and unrelated to parenting, and unrelated to all the things that I've just been talking about, um, though he does talk some about weight management because it's all about habits, but he basically put research behind everything that I've ever believed as far as tiny habits and adherence and uh, goal setting and so forth. It's just phenomenal. So anyway, this last part, step three, is a lot of his material applied to weight management. So um, he says that rather than setting lofty, goal, lofty goals, focus on the habits that make you that identity. And I, and I really know where he's coming from because I've always taught, you know, do your dailies every day taught this to moms for many many years, do your dailies every day, don't do anything else until your dailies are done, because I used to be a 
as my husband called me a closet lady. Um, I would do bigger things like clean out the closet rather than do the dishes each day. Can't imagine that. So anyway, um, but what he said is true that rather than setting these lofty goals, instead focus on the habits that make you what you want to be. And so when you talk about this, the three steps to building belief and adherence, it is you're going to be able to adhere better. You're going to be able to carry out those um, protocols that you're after uh, much better if you develop the habits that support it. So um, he talks, of course, about habits, and we've all heard about habits, right? We the habits, you know, you gotta have good habits. You gotta build a new habit. You gotta work hard to get rid of your old habits. You know, we hear about this all the time. It's not in, that's not new, right? Um, and we've always heard 21 days to a new habit. If you do something for 21 days you will have that new habit. And then more recently, research is actually saying it's closer to 66 days um, than it was to 21. No wonder we didn't make it right. <laughs> We've been fed the wrong information. So anyway, um, but uh, even he says that even though some of the research is pointed, pointing to the 66 days, that we really should not look at habits as being something that we're trying to achieve in 21 days or we're trying to achieve in 66 days, but instead we should look at habits as being something that um, we are doing for life. Uh, because the numbers vary widely, even the 66 days is dependent upon how difficult the habit is. You know, are you trying to fill a water bottle three times a day? You know, that's not that hard, right? Are you trying to uh, go, get up and go to the gym every morning at six o'clock? Super hard habit to build in your life. So it's based, of course, upon the difficulty of it, upon your consistency, prior experiences with that also. Um, so uh, he says, don't think in terms of 21 days, 66 days, but instead think in terms of uh, forever, that you're going to be building this habit from now on. And that's how I really like to teach all of my intermittent fasting teaching, because unless we make whatever we want in our lives a lifestyle, we will not be able to, st to stick with it. Right, and we all have been on diets and off of diets, and on diets and off of diets. And you know, the statistics you know, 92% of the people give up on their New Year's resolutions by January 22nd. And you know, it's it's depressing. You know, when we look back and we think all these years that we've had these resolutions and we've never, you know, made most of them. And to be honest, 2018 was the first time I can honestly say that I made a um a weight management resolution. I kept a weight man res management resolution for the entire year. And that was to do intermittent fasting an average of 19 hours a day. And uh, I had never stayed with any of my grandiose or restrictive um, resolutions prior to 2018. And it is because, first of all, it wasn't something that I was gonna go on and then go off. Right? I knew that this was going to be you know, a way of life. I also knew that it wasn't gonna be a quick fix, that you, you don't lose weight just like super, super fast, unless you're my brother who lost 20 pounds a month uh, for four months. Wow, that kid, that, that kid, he's not really a kid, but anyway, that guy lost fast. Um, but most of the time it's not that fast and you just, it's okay, you don't care if it's fast or slow because this is your new way of life anyway and you feel so good and you're fitting into new clothes all the time so it's no big deal. Um, 
you know, the scale is just a, you know, the number is just a number on the scale. What you're really after is, you know, uh, inch lost and sustainability. So, you know, it wasn't really that big of a deal, but your habit really takes forever. Not 21 days, not 66 days. It takes forever as long as you're doing that habit, right? And yes, it becomes easier and easier as time goes on to keep those habits. Um, and as you, like I always say in all my other broadcasts, success breeds success. So when you have some success with this habit, you can keep layering them or chunking them as Tony Robbins calls it. Um, we like to teach with parenting, hooking it onto the previous hooks. Um, but whatever it is, we are building constantly. We're constantly improving our habits and we're not like trying to achieve a habit and then being done with it. We are trying to make that habit a way of life. So uh, what um, James Clear says is that each time you perform that habit, as opposed to a big lofty goal, but instead just your habit, each time you perform that habit, you are embodying that type of person. I'll even say to myself, of course I'm not going to eat. It's only hour 17. I'm not going to eat until hour 19. I am a successful intermittent faster. I have embodied that new lifestyle. I'll say to myself in the mornings when I don't want to go to the gym, I, of course I'm going to work out. I am a fitness person. I am doing the habit that embodies that new identity. And every time, I love how he says this, he says, quote, each behavior casts the vote for you to embody that type of identity. Every time you perform that behavior, every time you perform that habit, you're casting a vote for that identity. Yes, I'm voting for myself to have this new identity, to be uh, that person, whatever that person is that you want to be. So it's not a lofty, big, grandier goal. It is when I do these things, I become that. When I do these little things, and in his book, Atomic Habits, he talks about tiny habits, which are phenomenal. You know, one push-up every day for a week and then two push-ups, you know, for a week. And I really, I really love that because in teaching parents, that is what we've said over and over and over again. It's what you do every single solitary day that matters. And that's definitely true in the areas of weight management and uh, fitness. So it's not a certain number of days to reach a habit, but the number of times you repeat that habit. So the number of reps, the number of repetitions, how many days in a row you perform that habit. And uh, lastly, to put the habits in place for you to become that kind of person, a successful intermittent faster, a successful weight management person, a successful homeschooler, a successful parent, a preschooler, a successful wife. You know, we, we can have, we can develop habits that will change any aspect of our lives, right? My husband and I did this all the time in our marriage. We said, you know, what do we need to do to take our marriage to the next level? What do we need to do to, to have a better marriage? And we would just literally, this is what we're going to do. These are the behaviors that we are going to have towards each other in order to have a more successful marriage. 38 years of marriage doesn't just happen, especially 38 years of blissful marriage, right? It is, it's those little habits, those things that we do day in and day out that make a difference. And finally, the way that we can make these habits a part of our lives, it's what we've heard over and over and over again. And that is to change your environment 
to help you perform your habit repetitions. You know, I got this whole list of these things that I'm going to do on one of my podcasts coming up, my broadcast coming up about, you know, mama was right or something like that. Because how many times did we hear, you know, somebody say, you know, get your shoes out the night before and you'll be more apt to go working out, work out the next morning. Lay your clothes out for school and have your lunch bag all packed and your, that your day will be better the next day. Who knew? Mama was right, right? <laughs> Change our environment and then we will perform our habits in a repetitious format. All right, so uh, with this, positive habits can't be sustained in a negative environment. So it can't be an environment where we are striving all the time but not having success. It has to be an environment where we plan ahead for success. And I could give you a million examples of this in parenting and homeschooling. Um, but always, what can we do? I can remember my husband and I meeting every week. What can we do to make this week better than last week? Anything's got to be better than last week sometimes, right? What can we do to make this week better? And we need to do the same thing in our lives and our weight management and our fitness goals. Uh, my Facebook group, Donna's Internet Fasting uh, group. Uh, I like to think of it as an area of positivity where I am encouraging and helping you develop your habits, giving you skills and also um, information that will, will help you to be able to, to uh, carry out your habits. But our environment, we set up our environment. So if we want success with our habits, we have to look at all the different aspects of our environment and say, what do I need to fix or to change to make this successful. Um, for example, getting rid of trigger foods. Now, most of you who are familiar with intermittent fasting, you know that you can eat whatever you want, right, when you're intermittent fast. Um, but as time goes on, because of the balancing of your hormones, you start to eat better, and you start to eat less junk, and you start to eat more healthfully naturally because uh, you're balancing your insulin, your um, taming your ghrelin, your hunger hormone, and you are hearing leptin signals, which is your satiety hormone, telling you that you are full. And so with all of those good things happening in place, um, you, you change how you eat. And so then how does that carry over to you changing your environment? Well, for us personally, we don't have those junk foods right at our fingertips, right? I've mentioned this before, my trifacto, I can't have something with fat, flour and sugar, all three, uh, like cupcakes or brownies or cookies or something like that. I know now that that's not a good environment in order for me to carry out my habits. Now, do I have those things? Christmas Eve is tomorrow night at the Reaches, and my kids are great cooks and bakers. So yes, I do have those things, right? But they're not here all the time because that's not the environment that leads to my habit repetitions, right? And so we set up our environment to have these great habits. Um, buying just for one treat. I was just, I mentioned my brother, I was just talking to him about his fasting protocol. And his fasting protocol is the same thing that uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Gayanet, Gayanet, says in his book, um, The Hungry Brain, that if you want a treat, you buy it, you go out purposely and you go buy that cream filled donut. You go out and you buy that cupcake or, you know, go to the, the mini mart and buy that bag of Doritos. 
single serve Doritos. That is, that is creating the environment that you want for success because you don't need any leftover after today's, today's treat, right? If it's a treat, you don't need it like you need to have apples in your apple bin or lettuce in your lettuce drawer or chicken in your freezer. We don't need that all the time if it's a treat. So that is another way that we set up our environment. Uh, staying out of the kitchen for those who are intermittent fasting. And after, I have my grandkids on Wednesdays for between eight and 10 hours uh, every Wednesday. And boy, do I ever feel for intermittent fasting moms uh, when you feed kids like that. And you know, those of us who homeschool, and I mentioned I homeschool for three decades, you know, we're talking three meals and three snacks a day or whatever, forever and ever and ever. And that's a lot of time in the kitchen and a lot of food. Um, so, but if you have the option of staying out of the kitchen, while you're intermittent fast, you are setting up your environment for your good habit. Um, also, uh, planning your food. You know, my husband and I always discuss we're going to eat at this time. Our window's going to be this long because we do it together since we work from home together. And you know, this is when we're going to eat. Or no, you have to teach late, so we're not going to eat at the same time. This is what we're going to eat. Um, planning your food. And it's easier to do when you're intermittent fasting because you only have one meal to plan for if you're doing one meal a day or two meals if you were doing two meals a day. Um, time blocking is another thing. And I teach this in a lot of places at DonnaReach.com as a um, productivity technique. It's taught by the One Thing uh, company. Um, and I used it. It's funny because homeschoolers, I've said this before, but homeschoolers already already invented all this stuff. Now it's just out here to the to the entrepreneurs and all the gurus now. <laughs> we already knew it. Um, so anyway, but I used to use this approach when I was homeschooling my kids for many years and they call it time blocking. I call it block scheduling. Um, but it is where uh, during your fast, you block out every hour until leading up to your fast. So you always know what's next on your agenda and I have samples at my blog on how to do this, but it's another environmental uh, factor that you put into place in order to achieve your habits, in order to take on the new identity. So sleeping well, I have so much information about sleeping well and I'm a sleep freak now, so I always love my sleep, but now that I know what it does for me and it's such an easy fix, I'm just like, oh, I'll go to bed. It's time for me to sleep. I need a little more sleep so I burn more calories. Anyway, I'm all about sleeping now. And, um, but that takes self-discipline too, right? It took a lot of self-discipline for me to say, I'm not staying up on my phone at night. I'm not staying up until two in the morning watching Netflix. I am going to bring in my boundaries, set my environment up so that I can have success with food the next day because sleep has a huge effect on food, some, some studies show up to 300 more calories a day for those who are sleep deprived. Um, and so it takes self-discipline to make yourself say, I'm not going to indulge in these short-term pleasures tonight of you know playing on my phone or watching Netflix or you know staying up and working on a project that I, that I love to do, maybe crafting or whatever it might be. I'm going to change my environment go to bed, make this happen for me. I'm changing my habits, I'm changing my environment so I can change my habits so I can take on that identity. So I want to apply this just uh, for fitness because I have recently become a fitness person. So I'm super excited to be able to say that. It's kind of a scary thing to say um, because I've exercised off and on 
through for a number of years. Most of you know I ballroom dance. My husband and I ballroom dance. Um, I like going on walks. Um, uh, long walks on the beach. Okay, that's that's romance. That's not this. Um, so anyway, I like walking. I love ballroom dancing. I was really into aqua exercises there for a while. I'm going to talk about some of these in just a second. I also did some isometric exercises at home that I really liked. Um, but I can't say that I was a fitness person in that I never did something long enough straight through with, you know, to build it as a habit in order to really feel like I am a fitness person. And that's one of the things that James Clear talks about in his uh, on his videos as well as in his book that when you have these habits in place for this period of time, you will suddenly, you know, realize, huh, I am this person. And it's so cool for those of us who have had weight management and fitness things elude us for many years. I've talked about that before a lot too, how I just didn't get it. I did not understand how I could get from point A to point B and stay there, you know, and I'm still trying to get to point C, 17 pounds more to go, but I'm not worried about those 17 pounds because now I am truly an intermittent faster, truly an intermittent fasting teacher, truly a fitness person. But all of those things came about from my habits, from doing the things repeatedly that make me that person. So applying these to fitness has just been an interesting process for me to look back and see. So maybe you'll see yourself in some of these as well. The first step, of course, is believe that the protocol works. And this, as I mentioned before, involves seeing that others are doing it with success. Now this is kind of multifold uh, in all areas though. One, of course, is seeing others have had success, but two is not having negative experiences with it before. So, um, uh, for ex uh, for example, maybe we had we tr we had tried this and not really gotten the habits down pat, or we tried it, but we it was too much work with too little results. So um, the the idea that we have to believe that it works, it has to be such that we see the results in other people, um, that we have not had negative experiences with it, and it even helps for some of us, those of us who are real um, kind of nerdy, I guess, <laughs> in our research and things, to feel like the science is behind it. Uh, that you understand how it works and why it works so well. Um, so for example, in my case, my experience with cardio, um, just like doing Zumba, walking, um, dancing, those kind of things, and, and aqua, even though I loved aqua, but both of those kinds of things I have done for a period of time before, um, a long period of time actually, but I didn't have the uh, results that I should have had for the time that I put into them. So I could not believe that those protocols worked that well when I didn't feel like the science was there supporting it or I did not have the results in spite of, of doing that over and over again. Now. Many people do really great with cardio. So, you know, this, has, this will be an individual thing, right? Um, but for me, it was just like just doing, you know, kind of hit the pavement type of things all the time did not yield a lot of weight loss um, or a lot of inch loss. And so that would squelch my belief, right, in that protocol. And again, maybe you've had 
you know, opposite results. And it's like fantastic. You know, you just, when you run or when you do Zumba or when you get on the elliptical or whatever, you do it every day and you just have terrific results and you know that it's getting you to where you're, where you want to go. And so in that case, you believe that protocol works for you. The second one, of course, is, as I mentioned before, believing that you can do it. Now, this is important when it comes to fitness because not everybody likes everything that everybody else likes and the same thing is true with diet you know one of my downfalls was that i did not like uh, keto foods well enough there were not enough things that i liked that were keto um so you know it has to be something that you enjoy you will not do something that you won't and this goes back to mama was right how many times have we heard you know these are the steps for getting you know your exercise underway uh, find something that you enjoy doing. Decide whether you're a social or an isolated exerciser. You know, put it on your calendar. Get out your shoes and, out, and exercise clothes the day before. I mean, they're all true, right? They are all true. And we have a tendency to think that they're not as effective or as true because they seem easier or maybe even a little bit trite. But when it all comes back down to it, it's all building that environment that will support the habits. So it really is real. So it has to, it can't be something that you do not enjoy. So, you know, for me, and that's another thing, I don't really like cardio. I don't really like elliptical machines. I don't really like machines, really. I'm, that's not the type of exercise that I am as other people just go crazy over them and do really well with them. Um, believing that you can do that protocol also involves physicality. So you have to believe that you could reach the level of doing that consistently, right? Um, that, that you can do, you know, that you can get to that level of physicality that it takes to carry that out day after day after day. Now, the good thing about fitness is that we can build up to that, right? So, you know, when I first started going to, um, toning and, and uh, strength training classes, I started out with, you know, they said get two sizes of weights. And so I got like a three and a two, you know, pound weight. And, you know, then today I got a six pound weight for my heaviest one. So you can work up to that. And, and physically, I believe that I could get to the, get to the point where I could continue to increase my, my weights and I could continue to build strength and muscle. All right, um, if it your, fits your personality and your interest, uh, and this is really important for like people who are very introverted or very extroverted. Uh, for me, for example, I can't do anything that's boring. As a matter of fact, I can't even watch television like at a motel. Um, I can watch Netflix and uh, Hulu, but I cannot watch, I never, ever, ever watch a television with commercials in it. I, I can't do it. It's too boring. I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. So like if I'm at a motel or something, I won't even use the television because I just can't even stand to be that bored for those, for those few moments of commercials. I know it's weird, but I have this thing about boredom and I can't do things that are boring. Um, and so doing things by myself for fitness is very boring to me. And so I will I do not believe that I can do the protocol, right? It might have had yield, might have yielded great results for other people, but if I don't believe that I will do it, it won't matter. Um, and I don't like doing things by myself, and I don't do as well as I do with um, appointments or accountability classes, things like that. I do a lot better with those kind of things. So that it goes back to you know believing that you can do that protocol. You have to believe that it's it's my style, 
it's my physicality, it's my, if it's my personality, um, you know, it fits my, uh, what makes me successful, whether that is a group or um, a class or an appointment or a, you know, or individual, you know, whatever that might be. Now this happened with me with an isometric workout that I really, really liked at home. Uh, the problem is that I never, I, I've tried it for a long time and I still love it. I still do moves from it all the time. But as far as being my sole way to strengthen and tone, I never believed that I could achieve the action activation that was required uh, without using hand weights. You know, it took, it took an, a level of activation that I never personally felt like I ever achieved. Um, I also did not do well at home by myself. So I realized, you know, that the physicality wasn't there for the activation and also the um, isolated nature of working out at home wasn't good for me. So with fitness, you have to believe the protocol works and believe that you can do it from a physical standpoint, an emotional standpoint, a social standpoint, all of those ways. And then this is, don't forget, this is um, belief and adherence. So step three is to put the habits in place to become that kind of person. And um, so I set a goal at Thanksgiving to work out 40 times between Thanksgiving and New Year's, um, mostly in a workout class. But if I couldn't make the class for some reason, I had a whole um, protocol that I would do down at the Y. And again, going there is better for me, might not be for somebody else. Um, uh, so fitness is an area that's huge in terms of environment. Uh, to build these habits. So we have to put the habits in place that will cause us to be successful. So once your habits are in place, whether that's daily, some people like me personally, I'm way better off just doing something seven days a week than I am trying to fit it in here and there. Again, that's personality. Uh, three times a week, somewhere else or at your home, shoes and clothes out the night before, enough sleep, an appointment or a class. Once your habits are in place, um, then it will truly become the repetitions that make your habits. So just repeating it over and over and over again. Over this period of time when I said I was gonna do 40 workouts, I believe it was um, six times seven, 42. I believe there were there were either 42 or 48 days. I, it must've been closer to 48. There were like 48 days and I said I was gonna do 40 workouts during that time. And um, then once I had it all in place, I knew which classes I was going to go to. I knew what weights I was going to use. I got some uh, workout clothes and I was all ready to go. I had my environment set up for that and I knew which times I had to go in the morning and which times I had to go in the evenings based on my teaching schedule. And once I had all of the environmental factors in place, then I could carry out the habits. And I didn't have to have, I want to be the size, I want to be the strength, I want to be this, um, you know, this number of, of reps, of um, push-ups or whatever. That isn't what I needed to do. I didn't need some big and lofty goal. I needed repetition of my habits. We need repetition of our habits to become what we want to become. And then, seriously, I, I mean, all of a sudden, I just said something to Ray. I said, um, I'm pretty much a fitness person now. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, hmm, I think I am. 
I think I'm a fitness person now. You know, and it wasn't because I had some big lofty um, workout chart and goal and, and strength training, you know, um, and, and maybe that time will come, but that wasn't what I needed. Right now, what I needed was my repetition of habits. I needed 40 habits over that seven week period. That's what I needed to take on that identity. Isn't that so cool that it doesn't have to be such a big lofty thing that we can't attain, that we can just take these three steps, believe, adhere, and develop habits. Believe that, believe that, well, I'm sorry, believe in the protocol, believe that we could do it, and then develop the habits to make it happen. So you, it works in everything, guys. It just works in everything. And the thing about it is for, you know, three decades, we knew different things that worked in parenting, in marriage, in Christian living, in homeschooling, in teaching. You know, we knew these things that worked, but because I didn't understand everything that I know now about weight management and all the things that I teach at my blog, I didn't understand that we could actually tame hunger hormones, that we could retrain them. You know, I didn't know any of these things. I didn't understand what healthy supplementation could do to me my, and my response to foods and just a lot of things that I didn't know. But now that I know those things, I can apply the things that I was successful in before to weight management and fitness. And I can make those things happen now with these three steps. So that is my three-step approach to building belief and adherence. And um, I am going to switch gears here and talk about um, two paid programs that I have. So I always like to tell people when I'm about to do this so that you don't have to stay on for the commercial if you don't want to. My commercials, my sponsors are always at the end of my broadcast so that um, you're, not, you're not interrupted while you're learning. It's just at the end and you can stay on or you can hop off. Thank you so much for joining me if you're hopping off. I really appreciate you staying with me as I try to uh, navigate these building belief and adherence uh, steps because um, I've just seen them be true. I've seen them be true over and over and over again in so many areas of my life. And now I'm so grateful that I'm seeing them come true in uh, weight management and fitness because those were the things, as I mentioned, that used to elude me. But now I know how to apply them there as well. And I'd love to help you. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. Two different coaching opportunities. Usually at this point, I highlight a different plexus um, Product. We have 20 plant-based natural products that help with weight management, cravings, balanced blood sugar, gut health, mood, strength, inflammation, um, great, the best vitamins, bioavailable vitamins out there. Uh, um, just a lot of great, 20 great products. And usually at this point, I would talk about one individual product, but today I wanna to talk about uh, two coaching opportunities. So the first one is uh, up in your notes, um, and I have a lot of freebies. So you can take part in any of those freebies. I would love to teach you in whatever way works for you. So you can learn through the Calories In, Calories Out game. That's a free video series that comes to you via email. And that has a lot, 11 different weight loss tricks and tips um, that I did not know until the last year. <laughs> so I'm spreading the news. Um, then there are also my startup charts for intermittent fasting. Those are free. I have um, my free sugar-free solutions for people who are trying to reduce their sugar. It's a sugar-free uh, book and a cookbook. 
Um, I have uh, the blog, DonnaReach.com, my free Facebook group, Donna's Intermittent Fasting Group, and um, also uh, um, the free broadcast at YouTube. Um, I have this weekly broadcast, plus I have what we call Fast Shots, where I teach in short snippets here and there. So um, the paid coaching opportunities are as follows. Number one is uh, Donna's Intermittent Fasting Course. And it's intermittentfastingcourse.com. And I'm starting a new um, group on January 7th. And it is a one-month uh, intermittent fasting course. And it is 21 days of videos, outlines, graphics, all of these good things to teach you step-by-step-by-step uh, by step by step every day how to begin your intermittent fasting journey. And then with that, with that uh, paid course, there's also a Facebook group that's just for people in that month's course so that you can ask me questions and I can hop on and answer your questions and uh, help coach you through the early weeks of intermittent fasting. Those of you who've been intermittent fasting for a while know that it's flip-flopped from other weight loss approaches. Other weight loss approaches are easier in the beginning and then harder later. Intermittent fasting is hard for two to three weeks and then it's just a way of life and it's just no big deal. So that's why a one month course is perfect for people who want to learn how to uh, begin intermittent fasting in a step-by-step -step incremental approach while being coached every day. What do I do today? I'm hungry at the 15 hour mark and so forth to help you through that first month. So that's coaching opportunity number one. Coaching opportunity number two has to do with our Plexus supplements. And I have um, a free Facebook group called Risha's Peeps that is just for people who are interested in learning more about Plexus supplementation. Um, but in addition to that, uh, in 2019, I'm starting a new group called Risha's Serious Peeps. And this is where I'm going to jump on and teach all about weight management, fitness, supplementation, health, um, macronutrients, calories, carbohydrates, everything that I know. <laughs> and I will be teaching there two or three times a week. And that'll be a free coaching for people who are a Plexus customer or ambassador under me or under one of my um, teammates. So that is a second coaching opportunity. And both of those are paid coaching opportunities. Everything above that is free. Um, but I think that both of them are, uh, you will find that they are worth their cost, very low cost compared to what it costs to stay on some kind of strict eating protocol and buy all those special foods all the time. So um, anyway, I hope you will join me in one of those or both, uh, the um, intermittentfastingcourse.com or uh, order Plexus products and become a part of my uh, uh, Risha Serious Peeps where I'm going to be coaching about weight management. And you can either order from me or from Ray or from somebody on our team and then you can become a part of that. So thank you so much again for joining me and for learning the three steps for building belief and adherence and uh, for listening for my two coaching offers. And I hope to help you succeed in 2019 wherever you might be, whether it's in one of my freebies or in one of my paid um, coaching groups. Uh, just would really want to be able to help you and spread the news that um, we can do things that we didn't used to be able to do once we have knowledge and adherence. Thank you for joining me.